Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I am your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand, and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week, we have thought leaders, change instigators, and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive, and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love, and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning connection and resilience into your life and your business. This week, as always, we have a super, super amazing guest for you. We have the lovely Dr. Judith Orloff. Now, just a heads up, as you are aware, we are at the mercy of the internet and uh, her connection was a little bit flimsy, but please bear with us during this interview because there is lots of valuable content. So Dr. Judith Orloff is the New York Times bestselling author of The Empath's Survival Guide, Life Strategies for Sensitive People. Her latest book, Thriving as an Empath, offers daily self-care tools for sensitive people along with its companion, The Empath's Empowerment Journal. Dr. Orloff is a psychiatrist and empath and is on the UCLA psychiatric clinical faculty. She synthesizes the pearls of traditional medicine with cutting edge knowledge of intuition, energy and spirituality. Dr. Olaf has been called the godmother of the empath movement. She specializes in treating empaths and highly sensitive people in her private practice. She passionately believes that the future of medicine involves integrating all this wisdom to achieve total Total Wellness. Dr. Orloff's work has been featured on the Today Show, CNN, Oprah Magazine, The New York Times, and has spoken at Google LA and her TEDx talk, The Ecstasy of Surrender. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I am excited about our guest. We have the lovely Dr. Judith Orloff, who is the author of the Empath Survival Guide. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners will too, once they uh, really uh, get a bit of a feel of the topic, which I'm really super excited about. But before we get started, we always love to start with asking our woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So Dr. Judith, tell us what inspired you to do what you do today? As well, I'm a psychiatrist in Los Angeles. I specialize in treating highly sensitive and empathic people. And um, I'm also an empath. And so I combine my empathic and intuitive skills with my traditional scientific training. And so I've kind of blended both worlds. Um, and just shortly, my, my story is I was uh, brought up in Beverly Hills. I had 
two physician parents. I had 25 physicians in my family, and I was a little empath child who would sense and know things and predict things and um, didn't have anybody to guide me in terms of um, how to integrate my empathic skills and intuition into my life. So I ran from them for a long time, and I was ashamed about them. I thought there was something wrong with me. My mother said, oh, dear, just get a thicker skin, which is a terrible thing to say to a young child who's very open and sensitive. And so um, as my path went, I was introduced to this angel of a man who was a psychiatrist, and he helped me to see that in order to be whole, I had to integrate my empathic self in with the rest of me. And so that started my journey um, going to integrate empathy, intuition in my intellectual mind. And then I had a dream, a night dream, that told me to become a psychiatrist, an MD, in order to have the credentials to legitimize intuition in medicine. Very clear, very clear dream. Not anything I wanted to do in, in, in waking life, but... I enrolled in one course in a junior college just to see how it would go. And because it was my destiny, one course became two years of medical training at UCLA and USC. And then I opened up my private practice in Los Angeles. So that's just a, a synopsis of my story. Wow. And I am so curious. So, Dr. Judith, um, I was wondering, with uh, how do you actually use your empathic abilities in your medical practice how does it work uh, yeah well, I combine all of my traditional medical knowledge my knowledge of the body my knowledge of the mind um, you know with my empathy and my empathic and intuitive gifts and what that means is I listen to patients with my analytic mind and I listen to what they're telling me and I'm also listening to my gut feelings and my hunches and my aha feelings and any images, sights, smells, sounds, knowings that come through as I'm also talking to them. And so I, I work with both forms of perception um, and I keep my heart wide open during the session and I'm 100% present with my patient. So, Dr. Judith, what I was curious about as you was talking us through it, so it, there's, it's not just using your um, your mind. You actually can intuitively pick up uh, what somebody is experiencing just from, um, I guess, through your, your own physiology. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Um, it, as a psychiatrist and a physician, you know, I've trained many other physicians and, and healthcare practitioners how to integrate their intuition and their empathic abilities you know, with their linear training. And so when I sit with a patient, I listen to what they're telling me, of course, about their story. And I listen with all the medical knowledge I have in my mind. But I'm also listening to my intuition, which is, can be a gut feeling, a flash, an aha, um, an image, an impression, a sense of energy, um, something auditory. It could be anything. You know, I'm just wide open and I incorporate all that information um, with my history taking that's more linear. So I combine both. And so with patients, I'm always listening. But I, 
I, tr I specialize in treating empath patients and empaths. I'm also an empath are people who are sensitive and open and loving and love nature and are very intuitive, but they tend to be emotional sponges. So they absorb the, the stress and the suffering of the world into their own bodies, and it can cause many problems for them. Um, anxiety, depression, chronic exhaustion from taking on so much, adrenal fatigue. And so it's important that empaths learn how to use self-care strategies in order to keep their hearts open and not absorb the suffering of the world. And that's why I wrote the Empath Survival Guide was to, first of all, to tell empaths out there, you're not crazy, there's nothing wrong with you, you're beautiful, sensitive, loving souls, but you don't have the same filters that other people have. So you might take on too much from other people. You might be standing next to someone and suddenly you feel depressed when you weren't depressed before, you know, or suddenly you feel anxious and it's because you're taking on the energy and emotions of other people and also physical symptoms. And so in the book, I have a 20 question uh, self-assessment test that you can take and to find out how much of an empath you are and if you are, let's say, a full-fledged empath, if you answer 17 to 20 questions accurately, uh, or yes, then you need to know this. This affects your life profoundly, how you interact with people, how your health is, you know, how much alone time you need. It, if you're an empath, it's critical to find out because it, it shapes everything. I relate to everything you're you're speaking about because I, I think uh, before I got on the show, I said I was really excited to have you on the show because I relate to everything that you speak about and I'm one of those people and it's funny, like facilitating face-to-face, -face, I used to pick up on people's headaches, for example, and I'd say, are you okay? And they'd, they would look at me in a really strange way. How do you know? I'd pick up on... on um, like you said, other people's emotions. Um, I also have, you know, I've for, for quite some time panic attacks and so forth. And um, and then I thought that, you know, doing it through virtual, I would be better, but it's still the same. So how does that work when, you know, when you're talking about from a distance, I'm, I'm just thinking in my mind from a distance point of view, when you're with somebody, you pick it up, but how is it that you can still pick it up virtually? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, empaths are experts at sensing subtle energy, and that's the energy that extends beyond the body and through space and time. It can go, you know, thousands of miles. It doesn't matter how far a person is, you can still feel their energy. And so you're picking up on the energy that's being transmitted virtually, and it comes through text, it, the energy comes through um, social media, it comes through... Um, audio comes through everything because energy is beyond time and space and empath live in a world of energy. I, I know when I was growing up, you know, I just sense the energy of the flowers and animals and we gravitate towards the forests and the oceans because empaths love nature and they find it very grounding and beautiful, you know, because we're so good at, at sensing energy, but you know, you, you have to learn how to so that you don't absorb the pain or discomfort in other people's bodies. That's been part of my practice 
you know, for myself, my own healing practice is, you know, learning how to be a wide open hearted empath and, and practice protection techniques. So I don't take on other people's pain. That's part of the, the process and the empath survival guide on how to do this. What strategies do you use? Um, when do your emotional buttons get pressed? When your emotional buttons get pressed, you're more likely to pick up other people's energy and get drained by it. You know, for instance, if you're triggered by anxiety, if you had an anxious mother and you tend to be anxious, then when other people are anxious, it might, you know, really go on to you because that's your trigger. But when you begin to breathe, center, meditate, set healthy boundaries and um, practice all the techniques in the book, then you don't tend to take on as much and you feel safer in the world. Mm, I, I love that. And it's it's uh, it's interesting when you were talking about animals because I say that to my husband that I feel my dogs, I've got lots of dogs, uh, when they're in pain, I feel their pain. I absolutely feel their pain. So you were talking and obviously we'll, um, we'll um, go back into the book, The Empath Survival Guide, because I know I love the, the, that there is lots of strategies and how-tos and I think that's really important for all of us. But would you like to share some of those strategies with our listeners? And I know you talked about boundaries um, how does one create really strong boundaries? Um, well, you have to learn that no is a complete sentence. You have to learn how to say the word no or no thank you um, because empaths tend to say yes to everything because they tend to be people pleasers and they want everyone to be happy. But then they become and they sacrifice their life's blood for other people and it becomes dysfunctional. And so in my life, you know, no is a very friendly, wonderful word because I know it can protect me rather than just saying yes, becoming overcommitted, um, becoming exhausted. And then you, you don't want to go in that direction. I'm not good when I'm on sensory overload. And that's the risk for all empaths is going on sensory overload. That's the worst of the worst. When too much is coming at you too fast, the lights are too bright, the sounds are too loud. People are talking, you can't handle anything, you just want to be a recluse, you know, it's just, you know, that's how you feel when you're on overload. So you need to nip it in the bud way before that, like simple things. If you, um, you know, made plans with a friend, let's say, to go out for a walk and you really aren't up to it, you don't feel like it, you need to have a quiet day, you need to just tell the friend, I'm so sorry, you know, you're disappointed. I'm disappointed too, but I just am too tired to go. And you say it very nicely, but you do say it. Or, you know, you, you limit your socializing time if you're feeling tired or overwhelmed and you take your bath and pass love water. So if you get into the bathtub, it will detoxify you. It will relax you. Any kind of water um, and meditation is wonderful. And and empaths need a lot of rest. And so these self-care techniques are just key to being a healthy, empowered empath. So how, because you're talking about learning how to use it as a gift, how does one use their, because uh, I know for me, I, for a long time, and I saw, I went to lots of different uh, different uh, healing modalities and because I wanted to get rid of being so sensitive towards uh, other people, environment, all of those things. 
uh, until I learned to accept it and integrate it in some way um, to say, okay, it is a gift, but I'm still struggling with saying that this is a gift because I do get the, when you're talking about the overwhelm, like too much light, too much going on. Yeah, I, I experienced that. So um, how do we turn that into a gift? Um, well, empaths are gifted in so many ways. I would never give up being an empath. I, I would not li- like to live life without these abilities because I find them so precious. And the gifts are intuition. You have an open heart. You're able to connect. Like connecting with people, connecting with life is probably the most important thing for me. I love rich connections. You know, I love to feel nature i love to be with friends you know i love to you know just meditate and feel the spiritual realms that being an empath allows you to feel so you're not in your head it's not about being in your head it's about exploring the body and so you have all these gifts the body is so sensitive and you can be passionate in so many different ways and you're connected and so these are all beautiful, beautiful gifts, but you you need to learn how to, to shield yourself if you're in a toxic environment so that, you know, you're, you protect yourself. You have to learn how to say no to energy vampires and draining people because those people can sap you dry, um, especially narcissistic type people, you know, who have an empathy deficient disorder. So you don't want to keep choosing narcissistic partners that will sap an empath. And in the book, I, you know, go through how how to identify a narcissist and how to get out of a narcissistic relationship. And in fact, I'm giving a two-hour workshop, Zoom workshop on that in in April, if anyone would like to join it, um, if they have that particular issue. And you can find it on my website, drjudithorloff.com. But learning how to set boundaries, learning how to deal with your emotional triggers. You know, if you have a trigger, identify it. You know, what is it? Is it fear of loss? Is it anxiety? Is it depression? Is it fear of poor health? Whatever yours is, if these are your triggers, it's good to know it because other people can trigger you. And when you're triggered, you tend to absorb energy, which is not a good state. And so slowly, gently, compassionately, you want to heal those issues. And as you heal them, you become less apt to absorb those particular emotions from other people. I I love when um, you were talking about, uh, because I I think that for me, and like I said, I I actually saw lots of different types of um, uh, healers, doctors, you name it. And I think that quite often it's misdiagnosed. Because you were talking about, you know, depression, uh, anxiety, panic attacks, disor- a disorder of some sort. Um, but why is that? I mean, I've, I don't ever, I've not ever, not one person said to me, hey, Catherine, you're an empath. That's why this is all ha- taking place. This is why this is all happening uh, to you. So how do we make it more mainstream? Because I'm sure there's lots of empaths out there experiencing exactly what you're talking about but it being misdiagnosed. Oh, yes, it's misdiagnosed all the time. And here in the U.S., it's misdiagnosed. In traditional training, you're not trained to identify empaths. And so that's why I'm so passionate about uh, getting the word out about them, you know, in healthcare 
circles and, and everywhere. So people can just identify themselves as empaths and know what to do. But in the U.S., at least, we have functional medical doctors who are more trained in energetic phenomena, whereas traditional doctors here are not. So I don't know if you have that, but the functional medicine doctors or the um, Chinese medical practitioners will have a good idea of what this is. And so you want to go to the right person to get the right kind of help. Yeah, I did. I actually did. Uh, that was the one thing that I stuck to was going to see a Chinese herbalist acupuncture croissage, which really helped with all the stuff that I was experiencing because uh, I went through a really, really bad stage of panic attacks. And I have to say, I'm much, much better. So what is the correct diagnosis? For empaths? Yes. So how, do, how does one, like what, I mean, I know you said in your book, there's a series of questions that you could respond to to oh, find yeah. out. Yeah. Yes, yes. So for example, some of the questions include, have you been active all your life? in a derogatory way um, because empaths and highly sensitive people are often put down and shamed for their abilities, you know, which is terrible. Um, are you sensitive to noise, smells, or excessive talking? Do you take on the emotions or physical symptoms of other people? Do crowds overwhelm you? Do you need a lot of alone time to revive yourself? <clears throat> so those are, are some sample questions from the 20 question self-assessment test that maybe you relate to when you heard it, you know, when it, all the listeners. Yeah, mine was all yes to all of those. A hundred percent. Yes, yes, yes. I don't like big crowds. I stay away from them. So what would be the difference between an empath and empathy? Well, it's a, empathy is a spectrum. Um, empathy is that beautiful quality of your heart goes out to somebody in pain or in joy, and you feel for them. You know, you connect, you feel for them. But an empath is much higher up in the spectrum of empathy um, in that you feel for people, but you also tend to absorb everything where you become it, where you want to take it away from the person. If someone you know is suffering, you automatically try and suck it up into your body, which won't anybody, but empaths do. They just because they want to take away everybody's pain because they're natural healers. But it, it, that isn't how healing works. <clears throat> you can hold space for people and help them help themselves with their own healing. But you can't take it away from them as much as you might want to, especially with family members. <clears throat> so it's something empaths need to learn. And how does it link into neuroscience? So what would be the neuroscience findings when we're talking about uh, being an empath? Uh, well, that's an interesting topic that I do bring up in the book. And it's um, the mirror neuron system or the compassion neurons in the brain. And it's thought that in empaths, they're hyperactive, where their compassion is just, you know, hyperactive so much for everybody. You know, the homeless people, the, the animals, the poor plant that's wilting, the little bird, you know, who's hobbling around, you know, your friends, your everybody. You just feel compassion for everything and everybody, 
you know, more so than most people. And so it's thought that the compassion neurons are on overdrive with empaths, which is really fascinating. It makes sense, absolutely. And before you talked about narcissists, why are empaths and narcissists so attracted to each other? Well, there's a whole chapter on this topic because I feel very strongly about it. Um, narcissists are attracted to empaths for obvious reasons. Empaths are giving and loving and always want to heal heal somebody else and give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and the empaths are attracted to the narcissist because they take they're taken over by their false front, as they can be charming and you know, tell you exactly what you want to hear. And especially if you've been out of a relationship for a while and you meet one of these charmers, you might think it's your soulmate because they're so charming and they turn it on until you don't do things according to their way. And then they become cold, withholding, punishing, denigrating, gaslight, and give you the silent treatment and decrease your self-esteem by making you feel like you're crazy. So, you know, they're very dangerous people for empaths. And I hope everyone who's listening stands warned. I know not everybody listens to me, but um, stand warned. These are dangerous people. And if you do get involved with them, just learn the lessons and get out as soon as you can. And if you're already involved with one, I have techniques to use on, on how to lower your expectations, not pour your heart out to them, you know, go to other friends and family for support. Um, and there are all kinds of things you can do if you if you must stay with them or if, if they're your mother or father or if you can't get out of a work relationship and one is your boss. So, yeah, just warning, they're dangerous for empaths, though they're very charming. So I would say don't be so um, taken in by charm. Charm is highly overrated. Mm, that's interesting. Very interesting. So I guess for those that are listening that are in those kind of relationships, are there any other specific sort of self-protection techniques that you could share with us? Um, you limit the time you, you spend talking to them. It depends who, who the narcissist is. If it's your mother and let's say she lives, you know, a ways away, you can limit your visiting time. You don't pour your heart out to your mother. You don't expect her to have a heart. You keep the conversation superficial um, and you don't get into anything with her because the mistakes that empaths make is that if the narcissist becomes charming and loving for even a few minutes, they think, oh my God, they changed. They can understand me. And that's just not so. It's not going to happen that way. So you have to realize the limitations of the narcissist and be very wise. Hello? If, if they're, they stay in your life. Sorry, um, uh, Dr. Judith, you just cut out then um, for a little while. Sorry, what did you say? So you don't give your hearts to them or expect them to care about what you're feeling because full-blown narcissists have what's called empathy deficient disorder, which means they're not capable of having empathy as we know it. And that's so hard for empaths to grasp because they're so empathic. They're super empathic. 
And there are people in the world, I know it's hard to grasp, that don't have empathy. You know, the sociopath, the narcissist, the psychopath, they do not really care in the same way you do. So, you know, just a wake-up call, it's sobering, but you need to identify these people and steer clear of them or just really limit your expectations and don't share your heart with them. So for, for those that are listening that qu- not quite sure or nor do they understand exactly what is a narcissist, it's, it's somebody that doesn't or is not empathetic towards your needs. Is that correct? A narcissist is somebody who's self-absorbed and only cares about themselves um, and will turn on the charm if they want something from you, but otherwise um, they want to have power over you because they get off on power um, and they want you to do exactly what they say. And if you don't, then they become very toxic. Sounds like it's gonna. It's a pretty uh, tough gig for empaths out there to actually find their soulmates. Uh, well, it may or may not be. There's a whole chapter in the book on empaths and love. Empaths just have certain needs um, in in relationship, and I know you know it's been a challenge for me as an empath, and I've been in a live-in relationship for eight years, and um, I've had to really learn to assert my needs assert my alone time, have separate space, sometimes have separate sleeping space if I need to have that time alone. As my dream time is very important to me. Um, And I'm with somebody who has emotional intelligence, so he cares about what I'm saying to him. He's not an empath, but that helps you to have a relationship with somebody. And He also knows how to deal with me if I go on sensory overload. So you have to educate your partner a lot. You have to speak up and speak your needs. Empaths have a hard time in relationship because they're people pleasers. They might not speak their needs. Then their anxiety builds up and they bolt or they they leave the relationship or they it's just miserable for them. But if you you know, practice some of the things I just said and the principles in the book, you can be an empowered empath in love. So it's possible, but you don't have to play by the ordinary rules. You could even live in separate places if it feels like too much togetherness to be with somebody in the same house. You know, we have separate spaces and then we come together when we want to. And that works for me. And it's come to work for him. That's awesome. And I think you've got to be able to have that conversation and be courageous enough and actually uh, stand in your truth. This is what I need. This is how I feel. Because I know for me, I can, my husband's great. There's a lot of times I'll feel exhausted or anxious or physically ill, like just from, um, you know, maybe facilitating a couple of workshops. Um, But so when you have this conversation, this understanding, you have this space, the time, but how do you actually stop absorbing uh the emotions of others and then actually physically uh taking on the emotions of others you talked about boundaries Um, is there anything else that that we can do that's sort of quick breathe it out just breathe out if you feel like you're taking on something from somebody else take a few deep breaths you don't want to hold your breath and hold it in You want to breathe it out. You want to do exercise. You want to do dance. 
you want to get out in nature, you want to go take a bath, you might light some sage and clear the energy in the room. So those are quick things that you can do. Mm, I love that. And for those that are parents, how will they be able to identify if they've got empathetic children? Um, well, they're usually very sensitive. They don't do well with play dates backed up, you know, on one on top of another. They get overwhelmed. Um, they need more alone time. They like playing with their imaginary friends. They like doodling. They like nature. They like being creative. They might not like sports games. They usually don't like video games. So those are, there's a whole chapter on empathic parenting in the empath survival guide. So if you're a parent and you want some tips, go right to that chapter. Great. Thank you so very much. So Dr. Judy, as we start wrapping up the show, I'm just curious, what has been your greatest lesson learned thus far? I think my greatest lesson is to honor myself and honor my empathic needs and know that being an empath is a beautiful, beautiful gift and I need to tend to myself and listen to my intuition so that I could stay in, in great shape so that I'm happy and, you know, instead of denying my needs. So I think that that for me was very important. Mm, thank you. And the one of the questions we always love to ask our woman of inspiration is to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? To, that would describe my what? Personal brand. My personal brand. Mm -hmm. Oh. Intuition. Mm, absolutely. And the last question for the show we always ask is to share three shiny gold nuggets for our listeners. So, Dr. Judith, what would be three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience today? Well, number one, no is a complete sentence. Begin using the word no in a loving way. Lovingly say no. Um, the second one would be the open heart meditation, which I use throughout the day where you put your hand over your heart, you focus on something really beautiful, and you allow that positive energy to flow through your body. And the, the third thing would be gratitude, to be grateful for, for Everything that happens in your life is a lesson. I mean, some are more difficult than others, but if you can start your day with a gratitude for the morning and the light and your breath and your life and your empathic abilities, that's a beautiful way to start the day. Mm. And Dr. Judith, where would be the best place for our listeners to find you? Um, probably my website, which is drjudith.com. Orloff, O-R-L-O-F-F dot com. And the Empath Survival Guide is, is on the site. The information about the my Zoom narcissist call um, is on the site. And also I have a book, Thriving as an Empath, which is uh, daily self-care techniques for empaths that I read myself that you might find useful in your journey. Dr. Judith, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom, your time and energy. Thank you so very much. You're so welcome. Thank you. 
Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. Or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit that subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Catherine Plano. Until next week, please take care of yourself. Much love and gratitude. Thank you.